Welcome to another episode of History's Mysteries podcast. Today we will be discussing Cleopatra's tomb. My name is Ellie Hanks and my co-hosts are Jalen, Hope, and KT. Who was Cleopatra? Cleopatra was the seventh and last Ptolemaic ruler of ancient Egypt. She was the queen of Egypt until her death in 30 BC. She was one of the most well-known rulers of ancient history. Fun fact, she was not Egyptian at all. Her family hails from Greece. They were established as rulers of Egypt by Alexander the Great. Cleopatra was born around 69 BC. <laughs> nice. <laughs> her father was Ptolemy XII. When he died, the throne passed to Cleopatra and her younger brother, Ptolemy XIII. It is speculated that the two siblings were married, as it was customary to keep it in the family. Oh. Gross. Oh. <laughs> <Very> Yikes. Gross. <laughs> that was normal, though. That was normal, though. As a result of this tradition, Cleopatra most likely had inbreeding, <laughs> and therefore it likely had some deformities marring her supposed beauty. Rome had later spread rumors that she was a huge seductress after her death to solidify her reputation as nothing of merit instead of the brilliant mind she was. Typical Rome. There is little of Cleopatra's life recorded that survives outside of Roman historians. This makes it difficult to piece together an accurate description of her life that does not do her justice. We know she was very well educated and she could speak multiple languages. It is estimated she could speak up to a dozen, dozen languages, which is pretty awesome because I can only speak one. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's wild when people can speak other languages. I'm just like, wow, you're so cool. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took like four years of Spanish, still struggling. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got like one and a half so, Latin. Yeah. So I've taken so many years of Spanish, and I'm like, I can ask you where the bathroom is, and I can ask you about your day. That's it. You know, and it's more or less understanding it. To understand more than one, two, three languages is yeah. insane. Especially in that time period, because you do you do have so many people that are around. However, we didn't have the internet. You don't have all of these things that would really like allow you to easily access exactly. these people. You have to talk to people who actually know the language to learn it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. One crazy fact about her is that she was famous for conducting her diplomatic meetings in the language of whomever she was speaking to. That's so good. So like, if so you spoke Italian, she spoke to you in Italian. If yeah. you spoke Spanish, she spoke to you in Spanish. Crazy. Yeah. It makes you feel heard, too. Because yes. there's that whole thing about being an active lis listener and participant yeah. and everything like that. And then, like, especially with her, like, she's trying... Her and her brother are pretty much in the struggle right. to uh, see who's going to be the new... Um, Pharaoh. 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 Yeah. And so it's like you have this thing. She's trying to make herself look better for all these people, too, and be like, like look at what I can do. Yeah. Like having a queen as a mediator. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That'd be in her own meetings. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't need a translator. I yeah. got you. I can hear what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Another fun fact is that Cleopatra rolled herself up in a carpet and had her servants bring her to Julius Caesar and roll her out so she might present herself to him because the aristocrats of her court were preventing her from meeting him formally. That's one of my favorite things. That's it's so it's such a good, like, 
Hello. It's such how, like a it's an power move. She knows Ooh. how to make an entrance. She's mm. like, okay, aristocrats, you don't want me to do this, so I'm going to do it in fashion yes. and style and, and flair. Do we know more on like, why they did it? I wonder why they didn't want them to. Because she was a woman, and they didn't want her to make a political alliance with Rome, mm. but she did it to save Egypt because sure. the Nile was flooding like crazy, and they couldn't control the water to irrigate their crops. Right. So there was famine all across the land. Mm. And she comes into power and she's like, okay, I need to form alliances. I need armies. Right. I need to solidify myself as ruler. Well, better than Rome. She's trying to bring it back. Yes. Sure. Yeah. She knew how to make alliances and keep her grip on her reign of Egypt. She reigned for 22 years until her death. She had two famous lovers, the first being Julius Caesar of Rome. She used his love to help defeat her brother and secure her throne. Her second lover, which we'll talk about more in detail later, was Mark Antony. This love between Antony and Cleopatra would be an inspiration for many writers and poets for years to come. Speaking of literature, the most famous adaptations of Cleopatra's life that I found were the movie Cleopatra starring Elizabeth Taylor and Shakespeare's play called Antony and Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. This play is a tragedy and it's very similar to Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Like two mm -hmm. lovers, they meet, then it all goes bad because one of them thinks the other's dead. And then they kill themselves. I almost wonder, because I ha came to the same like conclusion too when right. I was researching everything, I almost wonder if they're story like inspired that like even just like in a way not like fully but um i don't i kind of think about that from time to time like was that a part of the inspiration for it because it's so similar i think yeah i think it makes a lot of sense like there's a lot of similarities between their story and the romeo and juliet mm -hmm. story like it, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily side by side. A yes. Lot, a lot less fighting <laughs> in the Romeo and Juliet yeah. version. However, um, they are like a lot of things do go hand in hand. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. Geared towards the time in which Shakespeare would have written it. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Romeo and Juliet takes over place over like four days, and Antony and Cleopatra is over like a decade or right. so. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. The similar similarities between Antony and Romeo are almost identical. Right. Yep. They, sure. like, do a battle or something, and then they freak out because they think their girlfriend's dead, so they kill themselves. And then the girlfriend's like, but I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm here. But I guess I'm going to die now. <laughs> yeah. Because right. yeah. Cleopatra didn't want to be paraded as a prisoner through Rome. She didn't yeah. want to be captured. Oh, she yeah. didn't want any of that. So she was just like, I'm going to pass. Yep. Mm. Weird enough. So I just thought this was so funny when I was looking up stuff for all of this. Yep. Netflix just announced that they have a Cleopatra documentary coming out that's going to be like a <laughs> the like theater style production. A theatrical production. That's what I was looking yes, for. for sure. I saw a poster for that, but yes. they have an African-American woman doing it instead yeah. of a Greek woman. And, like, the comments under that were just, like, crazy. They were like, why aren't you accurately representing her? Because she's not Egyptian. She's Greek. And I was just like, that's crazy. 
Well, I think I think either way, it doesn't really matter on that point. I just thought it was so funny that we're doing all of this, and all of a sudden I was like, well, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> They're following us. Yes. <laughs> they, all our research. They, they know what we're, they know it's us. They're like, yeah. it's them. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting when that does come out to see if they do portray her more historically accurate mm-hmm. or if they put her in the Roman limelight and be like, oh, she was just a seductress and she just seduced these two Roman guys to yeah. try to get her throne and she wasn't very savvy and military knowledgeable and smart, which she was brilliant. She right. was a brilliant leader. Yeah. Everything she did was for her people, whether or not... It- she can be classified as a seductress or anything like that. Like she did it for not only her political gain, but for the, her people like, yes, maybe she had multiple lovers, but I mean, (laughs) this is going to sound awful. Who did doesn't like who hasn't had multiple partners in their lifetime. And it's like, hers just got her into better places than some of ours have. Hers were just a political (laughs) alliance. Like she, she definitely made, <laughs> Some good choices. Those yeah. yeah. <laughs> she made two great choices. They they definitely helped her both times. Like nothing but other than like, you know, leading to her downfall mm-hmm. overall. But however, like in the in while she was alive and while they were together and the things that happened, like <clears throat> nothing but better things from Egypt came from it. Yeah. Stronger, mm-hmm. more money, more help, more everything. Protection. For sure. Yep. Make it more. At least for a time. Protection from wars. Mm-hmm. So transferring more into that, though, into Mark Anthony, we're not going to start with how they met and Cleopatra and the love. I'll give you a small briefing on his life. Um, he was born in 83 BCE, and unfortunately, his father passed away when he was younger and during a military expedition. And as a child, and it clearly transfers to his life, he was yeah. often described as brave, loyal, athletic, and supremely, <laughs> this is a quote, supremely attractive to most other men. <laughs> And I found that extremely funny because you're describing him as a child. Yeah. So it's like. Oh, oh no. Yeah. They, yeah. Like, oh, God. They, like, it's, it's a bit much. Nonetheless, other than that, though, people who knew him a bit closer sometimes described him as reckless, fond of drinking and carousing and often having many love affairs. Sounds like a typical Roman. I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. typical Roman life. <laughs> like, man, and especially one where, you know, when you're at the class that he's at. It's yes. very yeah. easy. Yeah. Like an elite general, like all the ladies want you. Yeah. For sure. All the men want to be your friend. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, no, Mark, For Romans, was, probably men and women. If I'm being 100% honest. Yeah. You got just like the name that he's carrying through. Like, yeah, yeah. for sure. But he, he went on to serve two years as a cavalry commander in Egypt before going on to join Caesar, who I only found like two sources about. There's not much on it, but somewhere down the line, uh, Caesar, Julius Caesar and Mark Antony's mother are related. Hmm. Yeah, Weird. I seen that a couple times. I seen it on a, a couple different ones. One of them was very scholarly, but there's not much about it past that. It just says That's related. Like, interesting. It doesn't say like distant cousin, her yeah. you feel me? Like It doesn't say anything, but it just says related. So that's how he met and got the opportunity to even go. And then going on much of his conquest through B.C. 54 to 50, he gained respect from Caesar as being well at his job. Yeah. He was a very well commander. Everyone loved him. And he fought for the rights of his men as well as the mission. He never subsided against Caesar and never subsided against his men 
until later on. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there so kind of similar to Cleopatra. They yeah. both have that same disposition. For sure. And I'm sure yeah. it's something that pulled them together. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Uh, so many accomplishments as a general. I'll go through some some very small ones. Uh, he was appointed as consul in 44 BCE by Caesar, Caesar which is mm-hmm. the highest ranking officer below him. So like no longer an officer, just like next in line of authority whenever mm-hmm. I'm not here. Consul is like the highest officer ranking you can get at the time. And then, but that came at a very interesting time because also in 44 BCE, Caesar was assassinated yep. to stop him from attaining king-like powers from throughout the world. He was having much success conquering things, especially with the new help of his trusted generals. And they needed to check and balance him, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so, and they even said to Mark Antony that he were on, you were only spared because the plot was only to get rid of Caesar. We don't believe that you hold the same type of traits that he holds, <laughs> for sure. Like, they told him that. Like, the only reason you're alive is because we wanted to get rid of him. We think you're not going to do it. I bet that would make him salty, though. I'd be like, excuse me. You don't think I'm a power-hungry, self-serving man? Let me show you that I am. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So then, ironically, out of nowhere, Octavian arrives, demanding to be given Caesar's political power, claiming to be his adopted son, when in reality he's his nephew. So I find that very interesting to just try to like slide, come to Rome, and take everything that was built by your uncle, which you really don't deserve. But yeah. it worked somehow, some way. He formed a second. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Triumvirate. It's like the uh, really their system of oh, government. Triumvirate. Triumvirate for sure. It's where uh, three people lead supposedly. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. <laughs> three people are supposed to lead, and it's sectioned off. To where we all take care and control Rome together. So Octavian took the west, Antony took the east, and Lepidus was supposed to be manning parts of Africa. But slowly but surely, through power hungriness, we learned that Octavian and Antony weed him out of power, take away his companionship, really get rid of his fleets, ruin his name and his sections to where they now follow the rule of Octavian and Antony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, that triumvirate was also seen with Caesar, with Caesar, Pompey, and Crashes, and sure. then Caesar completely took over, basically. Yeah. It, it starts off as a good idea. Like, it sounds like, you know, we all, but, like, someone just is like, no, I want all of this. I want it. This is so easy. I'm just going to I'm just gonna take a little bit. I'm just going to take a little bit more. And you got to think, like, before, the, before any of that happened, like, I'm sure, like, Rome was in a better place before, like, people started yeah. taking over. But someone just always feels like they are more fit to rule. Yeah. And with Octavian, so with Octavian and Mark Antony, mm-hmm. Octavian is Mark Antony's brother-in-law. Mm. He's Mark Antony was married to his sister, so obviously For they're sure. gonna have closer ties. And it's like, let's get this other guy out of here. Right. So yeah, it's like. And then together with those ties, slowly building Antony and Octavian take down Caesar's killers in 42 BCE. Mm-hmm. They go on this supreme, they go on this big mission together. They were both there, and it was like it's supposed to be written down as like one of the greatest battles in Rome history because they were both there to take down the people who killed Caesar. It was a great moment for them. It's a nice so, little revenge day. I thought it was great. That's why I was like, oh, we'll learn a little bit later on down the line. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but when things started to, to, to drift, I was like, no, y'all were so close, bro. Like, y'all, y'all took over the world together, yeah. literally. But nonetheless, 
And people want people of Rome have the commonalities in suggesting that it's all Cleopatra's fault. I will say. Mm-hmm. Always the woman's fault. Man. So 42 BCE <laughs> is when they took down Caesar's killers, and then 41 BCE is when Mark Antony met the one and only Cleopatra. Come on! Our girl, our girl, our girl, our girl, our girl. So he met her, needing assistance in taking down <clears throat> Parthia. Sorry if I butchered that, which is present day Iran. Now, so he was trying to uh, gain them for many purposes, but definitely land supplies in in the mix in the mix of trying to help Cleopatra and like gain land that she was able to use. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was it was it was definitely nice. It was kind of like a nice deed, but like I'll do it under my name because I know that you don't have the fighting power that I have. However. <clears throat> A halt was put to this because Mark Antony's brother and wife back at home were speaking out against Octavian terribly, like trying to throw smut on his name in public and like to be Mark Antony's mother, I mean brother and wife, like you have a name in Rome, like what mm-hmm. you say matters. Yes. You're demanding people around, people care about you, so your, your word matters. So later on in the year, Antony returned home to put things at ease in 40 BCE. Small little side note though. While at home in 40 BCE, putting things to ease, Mark Anthony married Octavian's sister, Octavia. Ironic, <laughs> her name. <laughs> so they were so original. <laughs> they were like they were so not like that's crazy. Octavia and Octavia, but all again, right, what should we name her? What should we name her? Octavia. I guess it it's works. Perfect. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure if she had a sister, she, the sister would have been Octavia too. <laughs> they just went down. They the actually, line. or they just keep shortening the name yeah. until Oct- it's just Oct- Oct- <laughs> Oct- Octavian, Octavia, Octi, Oct, Oct, O. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So, after marrying his sister and staying for a few years, he returned to finish preparation for the war on Parthia with Cleopatra, where their affair picked back up in 36 BCE. Cleopatra saw the alliance as a way to restore glory to Egypt and bring back the rule of the Ptolemies? Ptolemy. Ptolemies, I'm sorry. And the crisis between Octavian and Anthony started to reach a breaking point because Octavian was using his support in Rome to turn the public eye against Antony. You and that, like, going out, throwing smut on his name, like, you just married my sister, you playing you playing house in Egypt, basically, like, you mm. got a wife over there. He found uh, a will that was written by Mark Antony that showed, like, how much land he was going to leave to Cleopatra and how much money mm. and things like that. Uh, I think he even got, some, got a scribe to rewrite a will that discluded the wife and the brother out of the will while giving Cleopatra all of his land and then he used it as a way to turn Mark some of Mark Antony's fleets against him because he's like he's gonna give away all the land that y'all are fighting to get. Like he's giving away this, he's giving away that and like she's not Roman, they're not Roman, these are Roman lands, they need to stay with us. Mm-hmm. So Octavian is doing his best Julius Caesar impression. You know? <laughs> he's like, uh, you didn't think I was gonna be this? Let me show you I mean, that I he's can He's in be. Rome, he can just sit there and whisper to the Senate. You know? Like, all the time and mm-hmm. like. It's in his blood, man. He said he wants it all, he wants it all, yeah. it's in his blood. So with that, they start going against him and Mark Antony's like fleets are so confused. Like they don't know what's going on, they don't know what to do because the fleets who aren't with him in Egypt are like, 
yo, they saying all this, like, what's up? Yeah. We got to figure this out. Like, what's going on? I know, like, you are who you are, and I'm very loyal to you, which, which, which matters going on down the line, like, within their fight. Nonetheless, as Octavian is airing Mark Anthony's Dirty Laundry, uh, with the support growing in his favor, Mark Anthony's fleet being so confused about fighting on the side of the Egyptian queen and not with four Romans that it didn't take much to defeat him. Like Octavian was clearly stronger. He had the support of the people. His fleets were better. And even though he had the help of Egypt and their forces, they just weren't enough. It was too overpowering. And I believe that Octavian arrived first. So like getting off first shot, seeing first, you know, it, it, it was kind of high ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so, have some things to talk about that too sure. in, in my stuff because I also have a little breakdown of things. So I have some stuff on yeah, that. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so their forces did meet in Greece and Anthony's fleet was defeated and they were forced to retreat back to Egypt. He re Cleopatra retreated first and once he realized that he was getting defeated, he then retreated back to Egypt with Cleopatra. And upon Octavian's arrival in Egypt, Mark Antony committed suicide along with Cleopatra. I read something that Mark Antony committed suicide and then eventually wound up in the arms of Cleopatra as yeah. he was dying. Yes. For sure. And then yeah. she was like, oh, I don't want to live by myself. We're done. Yeah. Yep. Clocked out. Right, yeah. Romeo but it's so sad. She didn't take her kids to the grave with her, so mm -hmm. they were butchered and killed by Octavian. Dang. So Man. the same fate she tried to avoid for herself happened to her kids, which is so tragic and so sad. That's an L for Cleopatra. Yes. That's yes. an L for the Cleopatra yes. line. <laughs> she has some dubs, though. She has some dubs. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she, she, she definitely <laughs> got a few wins. The final battle, but, no. no. Octavian definitely came to clear that all out. Yes. All oh, this is over. Yep. For sure. All right. So I'm going to do, so I know we've done timelines. Yours was awesome. I do have a little bit of a timeline as well, just to kind of like really wrap up how we got from like alive and well to so <laughs> how it all fell apart. Yeah. So Ellie, I know you touched on like Julius Caesar. So I have from like 48 BC to 30. 1 BC when mm -hmm. the inevitable happened. So, um, for so I'm just gonna kind of go through it pretty quickly. Um, 48 BC, we have Julius Caesar arriving. He is a powerful Roman general, arrives in Egypt, and this is the time when Cleopatra and her younger brother Ptolemy the 13th are not vibing with each other. Right. Their dad, Ptolemy the 12th, just died. He left the throne to both Cleopatra and Ptolemy with the thought that they would get married and rule Egypt together. But Cleo, not vibing with not her brother. She did yeah. not want to marry him. She, um... He must not have been a looker. <laughs> <laughs> Sibling feud. Yeah, she, I guess sure. she was just like... Mm, 
I'm done with the inbreeding. I'd rather move on from yeah. it. <laughs> Not keep it in the family. Yeah. Sure yes. That's to be one of the first times that yeah. happened. Yeah, so it was very like people were just like, what do we what do we do? Yeah. Because they're feuding. They're pretty much campaigning against each other at this point. They're mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's actually going to be taking the throne. So he shows up and he's like, so what's happening, guys? What's going on? Everything's in disarray. And um, so at that point, Cleopatra's like, I gotta, I have to get more power. So she goes after Caesar as um, to befriend him, to form an alliance with him. And that's when the incredible moment of being wrapped in a rug and <laughs> unveiling just herself just rolled out. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Honestly... I think that's what I'm going to do next time. I'm just going to, like, if I ever introduce myself to somebody, I'm just going to roll myself in a rug and be like, hi. Hi. (laughs) Why have a red carpet when you can be the red carpet yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we have all that that's gone down. So going on, moving forward, they formed an alliance. They're lovers. Cleopatra's having his babies. Obviously, they're pretty solidified. So, um... Ptolemy the 13th is defeated in battle in the Battle of the Nile and it's fighting against Julius Caesar and Cleopatra's forces. So at this point Caesar introduces Cleopatra and the actual records from Ptolemy the 12th that's saying she has the right to the throne as well. They were both bequeathed the throne, not just Ptolemy the 13th and then at that point the people were like, "All right, Looks we like got we a got, queen. We got our queen. So, um, yes, ma'am. Moving forward a couple of years, we have 44 BCE. So, um, Julius Caesar, his uh, friends, family, community, March was of the ready Ides. to get friends, him out. <laughs> they were not vibing with him anymore. So, this <clears throat> super big power vacuum emerges. So, it's like chaos is happening. There is, Cleopatra has lost her protection. She, um, her relationship really solidified her place as queen, just like, not only in Egypt, but she had this power in across the world right. because of this. So him passing was just like a, oh, what do I a major do now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she becomes yeah. like, she's always been a target but now she doesn't have the added protection of Rome behind her right so we have that so she's just kind of in disarray for a couple of years and then 41 BCE she meets Mark Antony forms an alliance and they become lovers um and he agrees to help expand her kingdom she that is her new um her new bow her new way to kind of solidify her place and really kind of um try to get back to where she was before, and they are expanding by conquering a bunch of territories in the East. Yep. So, um, and then we're really jumping ahead, 32 BCE. Mm-hmm. Um, they, Cleopatra and Mark Antony are in Egypt, and during that time, as Jalen touched on, Octavian is campaigning against them in Rome. He's really just like... Um, He's trying to say Mark Antony is now more Egyptian and then no, and no longer Roman. So he's trying to say, like, why do we have this guy in power when he's making house with Cleopatra in Egypt? So um, 
it's just kind of like trying to strip him of his power from the inside. Again, such a tie-in with Romeo and Juliet because that was the whole thing with, um, I almost said Leonardo DiCaprio, not Romeo. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong time, wrong movie. You know what, it's okay. With with Romeo is they were saying like um, that he's becoming a part, not Cap, yeah, Capulet, right? Yeah, she Juliet was the Capulet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember yeah, 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 things yeah, right. becoming more Capulet than Montague. So along those same lines. Um, so what's happened and why so salty, as we touched on, is Octavia is Mark Antony's wife and Octavian's sister. Pretty so cool. not only is Mark Antony uh, have a mistress, he has a mistress that's a queen. Cleopatra, who is quotation marks Egyptian. She is technically Greek. So um, we have, and he's in this country playing house, and and his sister is just left with their kids over in Rome, like, hey, remember me? So Octavian is pretty upset. And obviously the power struggle, he's wanting to... um, have his own place, his own time, which he later does and is um, deemed emperor and becomes Augusta. And mm-hmm. So he, I guess it worked out for him in the end. Pretty Not really I mean, for Mark Antony and Cleopatra, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Octavian got deified. He became yeah. like a god to yeah. the Romans. Yes. He introduced the empire. Yeah. Yes. He was like, I'm going to start a new phase for Rome. Yep. I just need to get rid of these two first. Yep, yeah. yep. These were like. It's in his blood, man. Yeah. I'll yeah. It all. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So. It, then we have the um, Battle of Actium, and this was the naval battle that happened, and um, this would mark the end of the Tol- of Ptolemaic Egypt. That was just like in the birth of the Roman Empire. So um, this battle, huge naval battle, and I was watching this documentary, and they were talking in what you touched on too, where Cleopatra just leaves. And yeah. every and Mark Antony's like, wait a second, where, where are you going? going? Like, <laughs> and follows her, mid-fight. and then and then all of yeah, mid fight, and all of the other ships are like, where, where are, are you going? going? And like, yeah, you see not only your queen, but your kind of like prince quas- consort, yeah, quasi king, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but ge- definitely general, army yeah, general. Sure. You see your big generals just yeah. leave the battle. You're just like, um, I guess we're done. Yeah. So that's what we have there. So they're like, they lose this battle, and it even was like, Octavian did not have as many ships yeah. as Cleopatra and Mark Antony. So it was so shocking that he actually won this. Because they were like they it with everything they had, it should have been Cleo and Mark. Yeah. But because they left, she just walked off. Like yeah. I, and I, he I, was I, like, "Where are you going, my love?" Yes. Like I read one time, like the way that she had that she was able to escape was like she broke through the barrage with like fifteen ships. Yes. Like leaving, like she had fifteen ships leaving. Yes. You should have let some of them stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't need no fifteen ships. Yeah, you needed one maybe, for you. Maybe two to cause a distraction yep. or something. Like, oh, yeah, okay. yep. So that happens. They're um, they're defeated in battle. Thirty one BC rolls around, and um, Octavian arrives in Egypt. He just lays siege to Alexandria, mm-hmm. the capital city, and um, 
during the siege, Anthony hears that Cleopatra has taken her own life, yeah. but she hasn't at this point. Um, and he falls on his own de- sword in despair, as you mentioned earlier. I don't know how, like, where they met and how she got to the point where she was holding him, but I did see a bunch of different records reporting that she, he did die in her arms. Yeah. Um, at that point... I've gotten, like, conflicting information on this. I haven't been able to find, like, the input, but it is said that she did meet with Octavian before she took her own life, and he was like, I'm not going to take you to Rome. You're going to be able to stay in Egypt and rule as you have. But then she got the report that he was saying, unfortunately, I'm going to be taking her as prisoner. So that's when she ultimately takes... her life um so she in terms of taking her own life it is speculated and all like almost everything that's written about her art pieces everything is the snake bite Mm -hmm. um one thing about the snake bite that i thought was super interesting is um she's believed to use what's called an asp or an egyptian cobra to take her own life the um uris is a symbol of a rearing cobra. It's a um, symbol of divine retribution and punishment. Mm-hmm. And typically is to signify, like, is supposed to be a message. So it's almost like, was she doing this as just a message to the Roman Empire that I may be taking my life, but you will receive divine retribution and punishment for your acts against me. Like, that's one thing I kind of took away from that portion. I mean, yeah, the Egyptians were all into, like, mythics and symbols yes. and stuff. So that would be like a huge like ha ha heck you. Yeah. I'm going out. This is my final message to you. Exactly. Um so on to the, the fun stuff. No, the tube. The tube. Okay, where is she? So there are a couple of different places. None there is one in particular that obviously is very popular now after um, the like early 2000s. Um, but I'm gonna go through the ones that have kind of been disproven. Obviously we haven't found her yet, so we can't say for certain whether or not she's not in these locations. Yeah. So um, the Royal Tombs of Alexandria is gonna be our first one. So this is a site, it's believed to contain like a bunch of different um, Ptolemaic dynasty like several tombs for them so obviously kind of cleopatra was a ptolemaic part of that line so there you go so um so believe obviously royal royal tombs kind of associated at this point it's kind of like a shot in the dark where she could be so they were just kind of trying to grab. So um, there are some historical accounts. Um, Strabo and Plutarch mentioned the existence of these tombs and that several members were buried along, it possibly with her father and brother yeah. are in those locations. So it's kind of like process of elimination. This could be one of the locations. Um, and then this is the royal tombs of Alexandria are one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. So um, it's believed that with her love for grandeur and like finer things in life, that this would be such a prestigious location for her to like have her last resting place. So mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why people kind of believe that um, Temple of Isis in Alexandria, Cleopatra, is believed to or 
by her people was believed to be the reincarnation of Isis, the goddess Isis. So obviously, Temple of Isis, the reincarnation of Isis, two and two kind of go together. So um, again, Plutarch and Cassius Dio believed Cleopatra was in Alexandria. So whether it be the royal tombs of Alexandria or this Temple of Isis, they just believe that she is in that location because Alexandria was the capital of Cleopatra's kingdom and was the location of her palace. So um, kind of staying close to home. And it was believed she might have been buried in a tomb within the city to stay close to her power and her people because she was she was very much a queen of the people. She did almost everything for them. And so, which is very contradictory to uh, records held by the Romans, but right. records held by her own people depict her as this great queen who had their back at all times. Um, and then the next one, is gonna be the Valley of Kings in Luxor. So this one is not like, this one's more of a like 10% chance. Like it's very low. Not a lot of people think she's buried there, but a lot of, um, obviously Valley of the Kings, a bunch of pharaohs have been buried there. So it's kind of like maybe going with tradition. Um, We had, there was a tomb in 2005 that was discovered um, known as KV63. And um, though it didn't hold any remains, it had significant artifacts and things that may be linked. Um, And then the last one. So this is the one that is like, this is where they think that she is, which I know, Katie, you'll probably touch on it a little bit with Kathleen. Uh, Oh, yeah. But um, so we have the Temple of Taposiris Magna, and this is located around 50, not 50, 45 kilometers or 27 miles west of Alexandria. So still close. Um, and so ancient historians, again, coming strong, Strabo and Plutarch, they just got a lot of say about Cleopatra. Um, mentioned again, she was buried near the city of Alexandria, 27 miles away, not that far. Um, and in recent years, there has been a discovery under this of an ancient city. And um, there are artifacts related to Cleopatra in this tomb, um, not tomb, but in this underground city. And it just kind of, it really points to this. She is the, um, the temple of, of Tap Osiris Magna is dedicated to Osiris, which Osiris and Isis were both god and goddesses connected together. Yeah, they go and, like hand in hand with yes, each other. Yeah, yes, sure. hand in hand with each other. So, um, and it was believed that Cleopatra was known for her interest in Egyptian religion and culture. So this might have been why she was chose, like she chose this location. So what we have, um, I'll just quickly run through this in terms of like some of the ideas why we haven't found her yet is that um, lack of historical evidence changes to the landscape because Alexandria has really gone over some crazy natural disasters. So it's kind of just like wiped out everything that we have for her. Um, 
And then some kind of outlandish theories, but you know what, you gotta add them. Uh, they believe that possibly her tomb is cursed. So anybody that's trying to find her will be like put off track or they're um, suffer misfortune, even death. So uh, just to, for the dramatics, um, but this hasn't stopped, obviously hasn't stopped people from seeking her out. Um, and then some other theories is that it's protected by magical and spiritual, supernatural powers, um, suggesting that it was guarded, that her tomb is guarded by spirits or demons to um, protect her final resting place. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, Super fun. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the last recent couple years, there have been very good findings so far by um, a really new on the scene archaeologist Kathleen Martinez. Yep. Okay. Uh, she's very much self-taught. She's actually a lawyer from the Dominican Republic, but she's had like kind of like a fascination with Cleopatra, so she's really jumped onto this. Um, so she started out with like 21 locations in Egypt where she was like narrowing it down where she would be, but she settled on, like we mentioned before, Taposiris Magna, a okay. temple about 45 kilometers from Alexandria. Uh, so she got her, um, whatever it's called, a permit to dig in like 0405, um, and like faced criticisms for it almost because the temple completely unfinished. Like it doesn't, it's not typical what you see in the temple like others. It's just like brick wall. There's not many carvings or designations on the outer walls of it. Okay. It's not like the big grandeur we're used yes. to her being. Yeah. Yep. It's certainly not like the Valley of Kings. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, but basically she starts digging and starts seeing, like, the day of her last, like, dig, mm -hmm. I forget what exactly she found. Was it the foundational tablets that she found? I think so. So they start digging any... No, it's the... I know what it was. It's the... <sighs> they start finding, like, things underneath the temple. Previous archaeological digs didn't do what she did. She just sent all of her men out, everyone that was working just in various locations across the site, and then they found a like a depression almost, mm. and found an underground, like, cavern kind of area that was specifically carved out. Uh, it wasn't a tomb, but there was, like, things down there where it was Yeah, like, like oh. a secret chamber almost? Yeah, it's, like a, it's almost. almost like a city. It's like they oh, built yeah. an underground city under, like... They under didn't, just a regular temple. Yeah, it, like, almost to, like, set people off. Like, they didn't finish the top, but, like, it's this whole city yeah. underneath. Uh, so that skyrocketed her pathway but like recently has been more so it's been like a 20-year dig so i from what i gathered it's like the dates are messing with my brain i'm gonna assume that it's from obtaining permits being that difficult because there's only certain times right in egypt where you can dig mm -hmm. and then various political setbacks especially the rise of the arab spring in 2010 and 2011 because of all the corruption going on egypt having various uh uprisings and overthrows kind of you know but I digress. Political mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was my poli side jumping out. <laughs> um, anyways here are some of the things that they found that absolutely are pointing towards what it like that Cleopatra is likely here. Um, one like I said before the foundational tablets pointed 
they were like lined in there and the foundational tablets they write they have little inscriptions on them they're very delicate but they have little inscriptions on them about who basically funded it and it was someone of the Ptolemy lineage Mm. Uh, then they found so cool. it's so cool <laughs> it's so cool and then in the um, temples there was one for Osiris and one for Isis in those temples they found coins that dated to Cleopatra's rule some including her with her face on them like basic mm. copper little coins that most rulers at the time wouldn't put their face on Cleopatra did and, and she minted her face that's, on her coins that's, that's yeah. awesome that's actually how they've connected some like statues that they found in the like her palace yeah. that was like undergo from like getting washed out by natural disasters right. that those coins that they found have connected like um statue pieces and how they've really shown what she looks like oh yeah yeah, yeah. kind of piecing the puzzle together mm-hmm. oh yeah and then um Various busts, um, one was like a little figure of Alexander the Great, um, and then this one really got me. So they started expanding their dig from outside of the temple itself, in between, I think it was a lighthouse, the temple, and then just in the middle. They found bodies off-site that had like certain rituals with them where they had like gold influenced into the burial. There were like 800 plus bodies there. Oh, and I mean, one of the doc and one of the like specialists from the documentary, this is a quote: "Anyone who was buried here had a straight shot to the afterlife." That wasn't even in the temple. They're finding bodies in the temple still. So this site, insane. This is I almost crazy. think I almost wonder. It's like, did these people take it upon themselves to do this so that they could be with Cleo? Like, and Mark in their own city. Like, yeah, my own theory. I know, like, when an ancient Egyptian pharaoh would die, all of their servants in their household would die with them. And I bet they had a ton. Oh, yeah. yeah. 800 bodies. That's a lot of servants. It's got to be a big palace. Yeah. Yeah, This had to be somebody important. My own little theory is that she's here, and because the temple's unfinished, it just points to me that, like, this was a rush. Yeah. Because Octavian was at the doorstep. So they were like, where's a good lineage site that I know of? Where's it kind of offset from my palace and not exactly in Alexandria, yeah. but still honorable? And where can I get the most people in my house to be buried? Yep. Or maybe she was planning this when, oh, for yeah. her to die when she's like, I don't yeah. know, 80. They just had to speed up and the And they process. just were like, okay, we've yeah. got like two walls built. we got to like yeah. do it now. And that points to why it may be unfinished. Like it could have been like something in the making and just had to get made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just like slap, slap a roof on it. we got to go. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. we got to go now. She died early. we got to finish it. They probably did it. the Lord special. Yeah. Paint <laughs> over the lights, which is get them yeah. in yeah. there. They probably did this under, like the undersea first and then the temple was supposed to be finished on top and they were like oh don't have time (laughs) and then also i would i would assume that like all the people like being buried there Mm -hmm. like the 800 plus like that is helping like keep people away from like cleopatra like as as long as it takes to dig people out of the ground i've never done it but i'm saying like i'm sure like all those people then you got to dig through the temple you're finding more people and more things like i think like all this is put in place so octavian anyone else who was looking who wasn't supposed to be finding her would never be able to yeah it would just be too much to to do 
I can't wait to see years from now, like, what information comes out. Mm -hmm. And just, like, because personally, I do believe she is at that temple. Like, I think that there's so much pointing towards it. I just can't wait to see what kind of happens in the future. Yeah. Yeah. My theory is what if it was left unfinished on purpose? Because if you're Cleopatra and you're scared and you see this power across the water, you see what Octavian is Mm -hmm. becoming, you're like, okay, I don't want him to find my body ever. I'm a big flashy girl. He is going to think I'm buried in the Temple of the Kings or with my ancestors. Temple of Isis. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere obvious. I'm going to be buried in this half-finished temple far-ish away that was dedicated to your brother, who is believed to be the god of Osiris, and who yeah. she didn't like. Yeah. yeah so, so why would I be buried in a temple that's dedicated to my brother that I don't like? Exactly. Like, that's a great hiding up. spot. To yeah. not be found. Yeah. Yeah. Well. There we go. There we, there we go. go.